0: Uh, we are continuing in our series, It's All His, and we we talked about John Wesley's uh, epic, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. That's, a, that's like a three-legged tripod. If you knock out any one of those, it's all going to fall apart. And so the main thing today, we're talking about save all you can, the 2nd leg of the tripod. Last right? week so we're talking about, earn all you can, uh, we're to we're, we're run away from lazy to to run away from sloth. Not the booty of law, but the spiritual condition of flaw. Run away from that and embrace work ethic and earning all we can, because that's what the Bible commands us to do. Now, I, I love um, this little picture here, because this describes America right here. Uh, yeah, we all your money. You just got paid. I I have no idea. Okay? If that is you, I've got good news for you, because today is exactly where, you're, you're here where you you're where need to be. The main thing today is this the savings is the difference in a crisis and a temporary inconvenience, okay? If you do not save, if you do not embrace the second leg of the tripod, then you are going to, your life is going to be one crisis to the next. You're just going to run from one crisis to the next. You're always going to be having some kind of crisis if you do not And that is not what God wants for you in life. That's not what He wants for you. Can you imagine that? That God wants you to enjoy, to to have joy. He wants you to have peace. And guys, we cannot do that if we don't have savings. And uh, some of you guys have learned that the hard way. Some of you are still learning that, and so I'm hoping you learn it the easy way today. I want to give you guys God's goal for yourselves. Most of you don't know this is God's goal for you. Okay? This is God's goal. Deuteronomy 15.6, The Lord your God will bless you as He has promised, and you will lend to many nations, but borrow from none. Americans can hardly fathom that state. We can hardly fathom that we would borrow from none. Because that doesn't describe many of us. It doesn't describe most of us. It doesn't describe any of us. probably, Okay? That you will lend to many but borrow from none. Let's just think that's what God wants for you. And if you're falling short of that ideal, then it's time to change. Okay? That's why earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can is the ticket to what God wants for you. And we have to embrace all three legs. Here's a brief tip for you guys: blank percent of Americans do not have $1,000 combined in savings or checking accounts. Can anybody, give me a guess, what percent of Americans don't have, cannot, do not have $1,000? What is it? It's more than 75%. 92% has up. Wow. When, when I was doing research for my financial coach master training, um, about three years ago, the 75% to 92 That's amazing. That's not good. Okay, that is not good. We're, we're one crisis away from disaster, and it's not how God wants us to live okay, um, this is probably what we look more like, okay? This, this picture right here is probably what we look more like. Hey, day, we're on top of the world. And then two days later, we're crushed. If that is you, well, then then we need to change. See, see, God is not into affirming. I, I hate the whole affirming thing that we're, that we're going into our society. Right? Everybody wants to be affirmed. Well, that's not what God does. God transforms. He takes, he does not look at you with your less than $1,000 savings up to, up to your neck and get and say, good job, tiny human. He doesn't affirm that. He says, I want to transform that. And the first thing that he has to transform is our mindset. There's a mindset that's going on around us that is keeping us where we are. I call it the poverty mindset. When I was in, uh, in, in a center college, studying psychology, I, I, we learned a psychological phenomenon known as learned helplessness. Learned helplessness. Is where you basically give up. Um, they, they they did this uh, this story. It, it, it's kind of kind of nasty. they don't do experiments like this in back in the 40s. They they put a dog in a cage and they shocked him. Uh, every like they they opened up the door and he tried to get out of it and they would give him an electric shock. And they start moving the door, electric shock. Moving the door, electric shock. And pretty soon the dog just laid down and he didn't try to the door anymore. Even though the person you know, left, the dog would not leave the cage. He just laid there. That's what's known as learned helplessness, and that is where a lot of you all are today when it comes to finances. You just always think, uh, you know, that, that it will never get any better, that I'll never get ahead, that the man is always keeping me down. This is known as the poverty mindset. There's six... Uh, six um, characteristics of the poverty mindset. So we have got to allow God to transform in our lives. And by the way, the poverty mindset does not mean you're living in poverty. Wealthy people can have a poverty mindset. It's toxic and it keeps you from doing what God wants you to do in life. Number one, the first poverty mindset, number one, be afraid there isn't enough and never feel like you have enough. Okay? The person with the poverty mindset thinks scarcity. Always think that resources are about to dry up. It's just around the next corner. There's going to be disaster. Okay? Probably being afraid there isn't enough, and never feel like you have enough. So they just accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. They never give. They never they they hoard, they hoard all of their resources and keep them to themselves. So that's the poverty mindset. Second thing: being jealous of uh, that other, others others have more than you. Being jealous, you look at someone else, you can't celebrate. It's, it, it's not a good thing when somebody else gets a new car. You feel like you've lost. When they get something new, when God blesses them with something new, or they get a promotion, you feel like it's been stolen from you. You make everything about you. Something good happens to someone else, it's about you. Well, I didn't get that. Why didn't I get that? Why is God being so unfair to me? That's a poverty mindset. Third, having negative views of wealthy people thinking they're undeserving. Okay? If you look at people who have more than you, and you say, well, they didn't deserve it, they got by. Stop that by being dishonest or screwing the little guy, whatever, okay? That's a poverty mindset. I, I, I don't know about you all, but most people I know do well because they work for it. That's what I know. People are do well, because they work for it and sacrifice. They kept their eyes on a goal, and, and, they, they, and, and they didn't have the poverty mindset, okay? before living take 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 that, Spending it off. Now, uh, something that, uh, that research into people who grew up in poverty, maybe you grew up in poverty, Maybe you didn't have enough, uh, uh, you know, missing a parent or, or parents were employed sometimes or not employed other times. But one of the things that develops in people who grew up in poverty is that whenever they get money, they spend it immediately because the, the, the money is not guaranteed to be there the next week. So if I want some, I better get it now. Okay? So every dollar comes in, you spend it. That's something that people who grew up in poverty typically do. that cycle perpetuates itself. Okay? Because so you extend everything you have, you're always being poverty. Always, you know, the cycle perpetuates in that cycle. All right. Five. Same things like this, uh, that's something only rich people do or have. Okay. That same things like that. Well, that that's out of my league. I used to think that way about investing. Earn something the wealthy people do. I don't have enough. I used to have that mindset. It's not true. You want know, to be wealthy? You do wealthy people do You want know, to be poor? Do you know, poor people do There's a reason they're, they're where they are. Okay. Uh, number six, feel like there's no way out of the situation you're in. The system is stacked against you. If like you're always using uh, comments like, the man's keeping me down, or the woman's keeping me down, uh, you know, this kind of thing, uh, you, then you're you're always a victim, and you'll never escape the poverty mindset. So God wants us out of that. The theme of the poverty mindset is something or something, or someone or something else is in control of you, that you are powerless. The, that, that the system's rigged against you, that everyone's against you. That's the poverty mindset. I found that that's not true. That's in your mind. That's in your head. Okay? And it will keep you where you are. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you live with a pro- uh, poverty mindset, it will, it, you, it, it will become a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy. And you will live there. If you're not in control of your life, your finances, something that someone else is, uh, you'll never thrive. You guys, if you thought that poverty could be solved by money, you're wrong. Poverty is a mindset. It cannot be solved by money because more than 70% of lottery winners, people who get millions, if not billions of dollars, are broke within a few years. Okay? And they find out, the, the wise ones find this. They find, they find out who's been spending all their money. Okay? Yeah. When you find out who's been spending all your money, it's you! You are the one that is responsible. for well, that's good news because you are the one that can change. You don't have to change anyone else that can change you or our God to transform you. So, guys, we need to move out of the poverty mindset and move into earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. We're talking about save all you can. So we must have a plan, number one. Save all you can. You must have a plan. Proverbs 23, five, one of my favorite proverbs. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly the sky like an eagle. It sounds like the Bible is saying that the default position of money is gone. In other words, you don't have to do anything for it to be gone. That's the default that it's going to go. That it's going to leave your bank account. That's the default. If you don't have a plan for it, it's going to go. It's like water running downhill. Unless you stop water from running downhill, it's just going to go. That's the same thing with money. If you don't have a plan for it, it's just going to go. Because that means... It's restless. It doesn't want to stay put. It doesn't like your bank account. It doesn't want to stay there. It doesn't want to stay there. It's like a—I it, don't know—it's like a cow. It doesn't do what it it's told. Okay, that's what your money's like. So you've got to get a hold of it. You got to have a plan for it. Earning is not a problem for most of us. Anyone who gets a job, can get one. So why are so many of us struggling financially? It's because we earn well, but don't save well. I found three laws that no one's ever broken, guys. Here they are. Number one. You cannot out-exercise bad eating habits. Unfortunately, you can always eat more than you can burn off. Okay? Number two, you cannot out-earn bad spending habits. You will never be able to earn more than you can spend. And the third one is gravity. Okay? And if you haven't learned those, and you can't can't, uh, violate those three, I don't recommend you try it. Three laws, no one's ever broken. You cannot out-exercise bad eating habits. Number two, you cannot out-earn by spending habits. And three, just Okay, the Bible says we can't just keep casting a glance. We have to have a plan or it will be gone. Not only the Bible says that, but it also commands saving. Number two is this. This is something that was revolutionary. changed my world. When I, when I learned this, the Bible says this, we must think generationally. We must think generationally about money. Proverbs 13:22. A good person, what? A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but the sinner's wealth is sorted for the righteous. So we are not supposed to just look at our money as ours. We're supposed to still pass our money and our finances through the filter of two generations down the road. What are we leaving to generations behind us? Not just our children, but our children's children. We're supposed to think two generations down the line with money. And and most of us have never been challenged to do that. But the Bible commands us to do that. Why would it command us to do that? Because when you think that way, if everything... Stages. We are earning for ourselves. We aren't even earning for our children. We're earning for two generations down the road. The Bible wants us to ask this question What are we leaving our children, and grandchildren? Like I said, most of us have never been challenged to think that way. You know, my late 40s right now. Okay? Probably have more financial demands on me right now anytime any time in my life. Mortgage, health insurance, Saving for retirement, uh, kids. When I get an email from the parents out there? Kids. Yeah. So dream with me for a second about the Bible saying this passage. What if your grandparents dream with me? Some of you guys can't fathom this. But what if your grandparents Have been faithful to this scripture? And they thought two generations down the line from so back sometime in the 1940s or 50s or whatever, they started thinking about their grandchildren. Think about this. What well, say so you get a letter in the mail asking for a payoff statement? and the mortgage company is your homeowner. an executor of your grandparents would estate? You ask, why? And they say, well, don't have stupid questions. Just give it to them out. And two weeks later, a letter writes a word to you saying, beautiful. So you know, this is the kind of thinking that the Bible commands us to think. What if your grandparents have thought, Generations down the line. This thing kind of nice, wouldn't it? Think about what a blessing some of you are in your teens. I mean, your twenties, you're not even thinking, you know, next week, let alone two generations. What if your grandparents started thinking about you and in their twenties? And they started and they listened to what the Bible said that a good person is an inheritance to their children. I'm challenging every one of you, myself included, to shift off from of thinking about tomorrow and next week and start thinking two generations down the line. How can I bless my family long after I am gone? That's for thinking of a Christian. The thinking of a non-Christian how can I get the most now? How can I get what I want now? That's the thinking of a non Christian. Think of a Christian how can I bless my family and people that I care about and, 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 the, and the work of the Lord long after I'm in the cross? my kids and grandkids are people of character, And I wouldn't leave them a sin, let alone in the Well, that's okay, fine. Find someone character and bless them. I don't care. Well, the Bible tells us to think this way. The mindset that God wants us to have. You guys see the difference between the poverty mindset and the two generations mindset. Okay? That's the mindset that God wants us to have. Teens and 20s. I'm speaking to you guys right now because these things because considered for you. We're at the poverty mindset. I said last week, I'll say it again, these old people my age and older are yelling at you all saying, Save now! Because had they done that when they were your age, we'd be a lot better off. Right now, your teens your 20s are the prime time for you to start saving because your money will double every 10 years. Investment will double that every 10 years. Okay? So think about maximizing the number of 10 years. You've got a lot more 10 years ahead of you than I do. I don't have many 10 years ahead of it. Okay? You do. Think about that. So think. Generationally. Okay? Number one, this is how we think generationally. This is how we become obedient to what the Word of God says to do. Okay? Number one, we do this. We say it every month, and that means every month. Every month. No exceptions. Okay? Zero exceptions. Proverbs 13 11 says this. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. And I don't care how little that is. That could be 10 bucks a month. Make it grow if you gather money. Little by little, it grows. Make savings a priority. Save before you pay any bills. I want everybody, like, uh, okay, the switch in your mind, everybody turn it. Like this, go like this. Turn the switch. Okay? All right? I want to switch from I'll save whatever I have left over to I'll save first. Got that? Okay, here's the switch. It's on. I'll save whatever I have left over. Switch it to I'll save first. Okay? Because if you don't make savings a priority, you won't do it at all. If you don't do it first, you won't do it at all. Okay? Billionaire one bucket says this. You might save what is left after spending, but spend what is left after saving. The reason is the bill. Okay, because that's my Many times, we've unexpected bills or short of the cash for a month. Tithing and savings are the first to get tithed. Okay, true. Well, why would we cut those? Those are the most important things. Instead, here's the mindset we should switch to: so short the shortage of cash for a month. Don't go out to eat. That should be the first thing cut. And shopping for things you don't need. Most of us have way too many clothes. Most of us have way too much stuff. So we cut the shopping and cut the going out to eat first. Dave Ramsey says, if you are in debt, you should never see the inside of the restaurant unless you're working there. Okay? That's the first thing to get cut. The reason we, we would rather cut giving and savings, is we can cut those things without affecting our lifestyle, the short ones, or so we think. But if you like to shop and all of a sudden you can't, for a month, to that hurt? If you really like to have to eat, Gotta have your Starbucks $4 coffee every morning. And suddenly you can't. That affects your lifestyle. We Americans don't like our lifestyle it's being affected, So we, instead, we do the foolish thing. And we giving, we cut saving. In the month, we don't have enough in the month. So here we are, 92% of us without $1,000. So we've got closet for claims was full of junk that we're going to park our cars in, storage units, full of useless stuff we'll never see. Think about how foolish we are. And instead, we switch, we save, and we get first, and then we live on the rest. The Bible calls that life. I was told this, as a young man, don't tell me what you value, Show me your budget you will show you what you value. If you value savings, we you value giving, you will do that first. And that is the way to cut. So I want to ask you that you today. You so guys, I can tell you what you value your by what you cut first. If you have a tight month, the first thing to cut is then you value your Does that make sense? Right? Yeah? So you cut first. The thing you don't do is what you value your So if you uh, value going out to eat lease, if you have a lean month, that's the first thing you cut. If you value giving, lease, that's the first thing you cut. If you value savings, lease, that's the first thing you cut. See how this works? Whatever you cut first is the first, the first thing to go is what you value least. If giving, savings are first to go, we have a priorities messed up. Okay? You say, "Well, I can't afford to save." Yes, you can. But Rachel and I were first married. <laughs> She was working a full, as a full-time nurse on the night shift at St. Joe and I was a seminary student working 10 hours a week. I made $8 an hour, an hour. That was paid back then. That was almost twice minimum wage. That was awesome. My wife was working as a nurse making $15 bucks an hour. Okay? To say we had nothing is an understatement. We had nothing. Actually, I take that back. So we were making $15 an hour. making 14 dollars an and that's what we lived on, you know. Mac and cheese and hot dogs. Yeah. We needed yeah, we three, We had a three room full of stuff. Thanks, okay, so folks, mom and dad. But uh, I remember when was telling the meal, they said, with Max C's dollars. hot dogs, we had a checking account and a savings account. Every month, we had approximately $10, direct shirt, $10. Guess what? We gathered it little by little, and it grew. And that's what we have to do as a military single day. Point is, guys, we still save every month. It's priority. Even when you make very little, if it's still saved, you can still save. You can still save. Be grateful. The amount doesn't matter. Just gather little by little. If you have to start saving ten dollars, start saving fifty dollars. I don't care what it is. Start. Savings no. Because that is the difference between a major crisis and a temporary intervention. Let me tell you what savings will do for you. Okay? How many of y'all have cars? Cars? Okay? Um, if you guys are, are most, most people take their cars to a mechanic because they okay, I know what they're doing, and you could like make that yourself. But uh, I, I, how, many, how many of y'all know the new cars are underneath? Um, when I say new, I mean like anything made from 2005 on, because to me that's a new car. Okay? anything making two thousand five hundred, it can be pretty expensive to get it repaired. So let's say your water pump goes out in your car. It ain't free to stay the other way. And you have to get, you have to get, so you can't drive a car without a water pump. You can drive, you won't get it far. Okay? That overheat, destroy your engine. So you have to go get that safe. Your Sabre's mechanic's still 500 bucks. Well, if you have 500 bucks in savings, you know what? You're temporarily inconvenienced. Now, your biggest problem is getting someone to meet you over at the mechanic shop. Right? You have to call someone, and they got to take off work, and they got to drive you over to the mechanic shop. That is your biggest problem. That is known as a temporary inconvenience if you don't have savings this way. You're in a major crisis you can't get away. You don't know where anybody's coming from. That is a major crisis, so have you been smart and saved you would have turned that crisis into a temporary inconvenience. Okay. Now, you can choose. Are you going to run from crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis, or are you going to m- run from temporary intermediate to temporary intermediate to temporary intermediate? I've found, and Dave Ramsey says this too, that when you have savings, savings is Murphy repellent. Murphy's Law. Something can go wrong at will, right? Well, when you have savings, it like, repels Murphy. When you don't have savings, Murphy moves right in, moves his three cousins in, broke, dumb, and stupid, okay, moves right in with you, okay? If you don't have savings, it turns a major crisis into simply and the second part of savings, I want to call it, this is something that I learned as a kid. In fact, since I was five years old, it's probably law the financial floor. When I was in, when I was five years old, I started getting an allowance, okay? that was 1979 five years old, 1979, I got $0.50 cents a week. Mom and Dad are big service, okay. And they, they knew that giving the youngest son anything more than $0.50 cents would result in disaster, okay? So I got $0.50 cents a week, and I thought, amazing, I can buy this, I buy this, I can buy, buy this, and Mom and Dad were like, no, 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 no. You need to always, always, you to produce $2. You can never have less than $2. I want you to start counting at $2 one month's income. Okay, I, so if I had, so if I wanted a, a toy that cost $5, how much did I have to have before I could buy it? Seven, exactly. So I had, I like, never less than $2. Hey, guys, when you practice that, you keep one month's income uh, in, in savings, you'll never, ever spend your last dollar. Uh, I'm 49 years old. My wife and I have never bounced, bounced itself. We never paid one penny of interest on a credit card or anything because we never spent our last dollar. And therefore, we have never been taken advantage of. We never paid late fees. We never paid interest. We never paid set down fees. That we're so several of ago, Okay, we'll stop you when you to pay them. So uh, Dave Ramsey calls this a thousand dollar emergency fund, thousand dollars in savings to start off with. I want everyone to commit to having that and be out of that ninety two percent. okay? And uh, so, if, if you're a parent, focus with your children. Keep them in the practice pool. I've talked to so many people my age whose parents did not teach them about saving, not teach them about money, management, in their lives are utter chaos. Okay? So, uh, the day-brain's plan takes it even, takes it a little bit further. It's us three to six months of income stored up in same savings account liquid so that we can uh, we can have that accessible. The reason is because if you lose a job, it takes between three to six months to find another one. Now, I want you to stop and dream with me right now. What if you did what the Bible says to do? and you actually saved every month and you have three to six months cash money in a savings or money market account. And how much how, how a soft pillow would that be a As a marriage guy, I'm a big marriage guy, and if you know that or not, I counsel lots of couples. Do you know what the number one thing couples fight about? Money! Exactly. How would you like to remove 80% of the disagreements in your home? You can do that if, safe, if you have a solid financial plan, I found that about 80% of marital conflict happens over finances. To so husbands and wives, people that are dating, people that are engaged, the smartest thing you could do other than turning your relationship over to Jesus Christ and doing things this way is have a financial plan and have savings because that will eliminate so much conflict. At the risk of sounding sexist, I'm going to tell you guys a secret. I'm talking to men here, okay? I'm talking to men, guys. Guys here here. Um, I grew up. I just me and my brother. My, my, my I, I didn't. I, I was never around girls growing up, so other than at school. But I, I, we, I grew up on a street with eleven boys. Um, I had my brother. So I, I, the world of girls, I didn't know anything about it, okay? Until I got married, and the Lord blessed me with two daughters. So I was immersed in the world of girls and females, okay? And one thing I found. I don't know if you know this or not, but God made men and women different. Yes, they did. In a lot of different ways. Not just physically. Okay? What I found. And uh, ladies, if if I generalize, I apologize, but this is something that guys need to know. Okay? Um, our Men, we were designed by God to go wrestle wooly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers and to go on the hunt. Where there's a lot of risk and a lot of adventure and a lot of you know where we could get killed and stopped by a mammoth, okay? That that's that's how we were designed. That's our biology. Our ladies back in the cavemen, days, didn't do that. They okay? they were tasked primarily with child raising and everything. That that's the way our biology was. And so that is not changed. We as men generally have a much higher tolerance for risk than our ladies do, okay? i found that the ladies in my life, my wonderful wife, my wonderful daughters, have an alarm siren that I don't have, okay? And when things aren't okay, there's little alarm siren going, bah, 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 in their minds. And when the finances aren't good, when bill collectors are calling, when debt collectors are calling, when they don't know where the next... Uh, bill's going to get paid. There is a, a alarm blaring off in their mind that is not blaring off in yours. She can't relax. She can't chill out. And if you were a smart man, instead of yelling at her for nagging, you would take a look at the lack of security that she feels. The reason the alarm bell is going off is he she does not feel secure because things are not right, and she won't be able to relax, won't be able to, to rest because of the way God designed her with the biggest need for security. Okay? If you were a smart man, you would quit criticizing, and you would get your finances in order because when you have savings, then if you have savings, if you have three to six months, if you, even if you have a thousand dollars, but if you have three to six months of, of expenses state in the account, guess what happens to that alarm bell? She, she can She can laugh. Okay? If your lady has not been doing that recently, it could be that she's not feeling secure, and it could be financial. Take it from a guy from maybe 27 years get the savings in the bank, get financial peace, and the lady that you love. What's that worth to you guys? I see, I hear some applause over here. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, what's that worth to you guys? Is that worth... Not buying and not being stupid with your money is that worth getting on a financial plan? Is that worth thinking generationally and doing what God says to do with our money? I think it is because to me, I don't need a mansion. I don't need all the. I don't need a, a fancy sports car. I don't need all. But you know what? I do need. I need peace in the home. I need a home that I can come home to where I can love and feel joy and where there's not tension and there's not arguing and there's not second-guessing. That's what I need. And, man, you can't tell me you don't need that, too. Amen? Okay. Well, get your finances in order. Get on a plan. Start saving and watch the peace in the home that you so desire to come alive. That's what saving will do. Now consider Galatians 5 22 to 23. He so says, Where the Holy Spirit is, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Do you want that for your home? If your finances are in order, watch that happen. That's what God wants for your home. He wants you to come home to a home that's full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, diligence, and self-control. If that isn't happening for you right now, it could be your finances are out of order. Okay. So, guys, Proverbs 21 20 says that the wise source forsued in olive oil, the foolish gulp breaks down. If you gulp your paycheck down, you live paycheck to pay. paycheck, if you're like that already, right, sitting on top of the world on payday and broke two days later, the Bible calls you a fool because you gulp down your paycheck. Okay, but it says the wise source forsued in olive oil without paying you and gulping it down. All right? And the third thing is this you have to stick to the plan for the long haul. You can't say just one, you have to stick to it for a long haul. And it's going to take a generational mindset. Hangouts 12 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on, however, breeds the harvest of righteousness and peace for all who have been saved by okay No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Getting your finances in order. Taming that wild cow within you that you want to spin and spin and spin is not going to be easy. It's going to take discipline, but it's going to reproduce fruit and harvest. Okay? I, uh, I love this guy. I don't know you can. Say what you can. Give what you can. I read a story from Southern Kentucky several years ago. He so said this Kentucky man who worked as a school janitor. What's for the a school janitor. Do you know why? lot. No, not much, okay. For more than three decades, the never Touchett family's pension has ruled life savings of $175,000 to his child abuse victims. Kentucky Enquirer report, Alvin L. Randolph's estate donated his son to the Child Victim's Trust Fund. Right, so on Tuesday, a lifelong Covington Regiment retired in 2001, died in December 2015, 75. Money came from the pension, and Wichita. $775,000. It's a winner. I'll tell you what you could say. Okay? And my favorite is this. This lady is my hero. and she should be a household name. She has success and inspiration. Her name is O'Hell McCarty. O'Hell McCarty in 1996 was given the uh, Presidential Citizens Award by Bill Clinton for, uh, for an amazing service. He uh, uh, was a, a poor, 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 absolute poverty. Uh, a lady who never finished high school and she worked all her life as a washerwoman. She washed people's clothes for a living, sometimes making candy. She was born in 1908 uh, and she was conceived when her mother was raped uh, in Mississippi. Can you imagine what kind of home she grew up in? Abject poverty. That's this a typical day. that I go outside and start fire under my wash pot. Then I would ask, uh, soak, wash, and boil a bundle of clothes. i rub them, rinse them, rub them, starch them, and hang them on the line. After I put all the clean clothes on line, I start on the next bath and wash all day. The evening I iron till 11 o'clock. I love the work, the bright fire. Uh, I love the clean clothes. white shirts, sell on the line? And then she said this. She said this. This is a picture of O. P. O. with her Bible. It's not the ones that make the big money, It's the ones who know how to save the get ahead. You got to leave it alone long enough to it did, right? When she, uh, when she retired, she had one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and she said, "I don't need that." So she, she, uh, she approached a college, a university, and said, "I would like to." Start a fund for people like me, for poor people, so they can have education. I do not have. And when the news broke, ma- uh, many, many businesses met the donation until so it was the fund was over a million dollars as of last year. Ochoa McCarty uh, fund has given more. Uh, let see here. Has given more than six hundred and fifty one thousand dollars to students in scholarships. Lifetime. Her, her hundred fifty thousand. God blessed it and grew it, and the and, and the endowment is there, and they've given out more than six hundred fifty one thousand dollars in scholarships. Isn't that amazing? She washed clothes for a living. Don't tell me you can't say. Don't tell me. But when you think generation, God doesn't blessed you. Okay, she said this. Uh, like, our Flint said, McCarty, he used to, uh, give it his own pleasure. when a journalist from People Magazine. I love this. I love it when non-Christian and, and people in the world just do get it, and, and they just get shown for who they are. Watch this. I love this. Um, Ophiel, a give his own pleasure. when a journalist from People Magazine. Asked her why she didn't spend the money she saved on herself. She answered with a smile and said, I am spending on myself because of joy. He said if is I'm proud that I work hard. My money will help young, uh, help young people who work hard to deserve. it. But I'm proud that I'm leaving something positive in this world. My only regret is that didn't have more teachers. Wow. Earn all you can. Save all you can. Give all you can. If we do those three things. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen.